Hey, welcome back to a new episode of the Process Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Bessie, and today I am joined by nobody. That's right, it's just me. The past couple weeks, we have been taking things a little bit slower as a church, uh, simply because one of our members tested positive for COVID-19. He is doing much better, Uh, but you can be in prayer for his uh, mom and dad who are also positive currently and are working through uh, the virus. A very real thing and and very serious thing, Um, but we praise the Lord that nobody else here caught it. Uh, All the tests that came back were negative, and and God just continues to provide in these ways. Uh, So last week, no guest. This week, no guest. Just out of taking extra precautions and being extra safe, we are still in the middle of this series on youth ministry. Uh, I, I thought a couple things I could do. One of them was I could just interview myself with those questions I've been asking my church staff. But uh, a fellow youth pastor had asked me a few questions recently as we try to collaborate and think through proper ways of doing youth ministry. And I thought maybe I can answer those questions for you here. Uh, and hopefully give a little bit of insight into what might uh, be key for running a youth ministry or for doing youth ministry in general. And this is from the perspective of a pastor or a director or a leader in some regards of that ministry. Uh, And so that's where we'll be coming from. So let me just read to you here this question, and then I will uh, give you input and a couple of, of clarifying things on this as well uh yeah before i before i do begin we will be continuing this youth ministry series i will be having the rest of my staff on um shortly and so thanks for listening to that i've had a lot of good feedback on that series and and i'm honestly really excited for how that's going to be playing out uh but without further ado i'm going to get into this this is going to be a shorter episode but I, i just thought this would be a good way to touch base with you as listeners Maybe give you a little bit of insight into my heart and what I believe the Lord uh, desires for a good youth ministry and how I've seen that played out. Uh, so the question is, what are your top five needs for a successful youth ministry? What are your top five needs for a successful youth ministry? And the clarifying question is not the obvious church guy answers. So naturally you might be thinking, what exactly is the obvious church guy answers? And so I've I've written those. Those are preach the gospel often, preach from the Bible, be led by the Holy Spirit, do everything to the glory of God. Those are all assumed here. Uh, That life of prayer, that life of submission to the Lord on every front, that's just an assumed thing. If you're not doing that, you're not truly a youth pastor. You're not truly doing youth ministry at all. And so we're going to assume those things going into this. Uh, Success is a hard thing to measure. I think that a youth ministry can be successful if it has three students. I don't think that your numbers are necessarily what dictates success. Uh, I think sometimes people look at a youth ministry and say, wow, 500 high school students, that is a successful youth ministry. How does that guy get the job done? Uh, And I think that just a caution for that would be big ministries don't equal godly ministries. They don't equal right ministries uh and i I hate to use this example because it's so fresh but uh, we learned today i I, know we learned yesterday 
Carl Lentz was fired from Hillsong, New York, uh, due to being unfaithful to his wife. And, and it saddens me because this happens often enough with pastors that they get these big ministries and they get these big platforms and they fail. And one of the reasons they fail is that they're human beings. They are sheep who are placed over sheep by the ultimate shepherd, Jesus. Uh, and so let's not count successful ministries as large ministries. Uh, let's just count those as um, a, a ministry that is enabled to function properly uh, and properly being biblically uh, that they'd be God-glorifying, that they'd train up disciples, and then they would pursue him well. So I gave I gave like a mini paper here, uh, which was funny because then he responded, well, I actually just wanted five words. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Biola and Talbot trained me enough to desire to write large papers. And so I'm going to give you those five ideas here. And then walk through a little bit of where I see those coming from. Again, we're assuming all that stuff in the background. That your own personal relationship with the Lord is growing. That you are studying his word daily. That you are in prayer daily. That's assumed. Uh, I wouldn't even consider you a youth minister if you aren't doing those things. Uh, so, number one, I'd say that support would be a huge thing. I think, so these five things I have are support and discipleship. Commitment to consistent biblical teaching. Consistent communication and follow up, and then finally rest, rest. And so here are these five things. Support, I say uh, essentially it's important that the youth ministry is supported by more than just the youth pastor. And I've seen enough of this where a youth pastor can come into a youth ministry alone. And my fear is that that can lead to burnout very quickly. I think that any time in life that we, we do things alone for too long, I know this is a large assertion. Anytime we do things alone for too long, uh, we can tend to burn out. We can tend to reach our end because we're not meant to do things on our own. And, and ministry is a big one like that. You're not meant to do this on your own. You're not supposed to be doing ministry by yourself. In fact, that's why I'm so excited to have a team, a large team surrounding me that I can go to like this week with things where I, I sent them a text and, and said, I am having a rough week. I'm not having a good week and I need prayer. Here's what I'm struggling with without giving them names or, or ideas. I just wanted them to, to pray with me uh, because they're there for that support and I want to use them for that well. Um, yeah, let me just broaden that a little bit. I think, I think as pastors and as leaders in the church, we can often feel isolated we can feel alone. And I, I can see that in other churches, that this is a tendency for people uh, to come into ministry and to desire to do these things for the Lord and then to have no one to go to for it. Uh, you, you can have situations where you have parents complaining and kids in sin, students in sin, and I'm not, I'm not going around talking to people about it. I can't go uh, to this party and be like, you know what really sucks is this parent just chewed me out this week. And that was really rough. I, that's inappropriate for me to do to, to anybody in my church. And so to have a good support network, whether that's a spouse or the other pastors or even a high school staff, uh, I, I think that that's critical to having a good youth ministry. 
so I said you need support coming from one of staff, meaning the other pastors, uh, the elders, the congregation, parents, and I suppose at a very basic level, if you are married, your spouse. Uh, and, and I'm so grateful to have support in this ministry from friends, from my high school staff, from the other pastors here. In fact, it's one thing I'm so grateful for, and I hope that you could hear that in uh, the podcast with Andrew Gilmore and Ron Johnson. We just have such a good relationship as staff where we can communicate things freely and openly, where I can come in uh, to Ron's office and just say something like this, this week has been hard. Uh, and I can sit there and we can talk through that. Ron feels the same freedom to say that as well. And so does uh, Andrew Gilmore. Just feels that freedom to, to say, hey, this week's been rough. I need prayer. I need help. Um, and and that's, that's part of this Christian walk, right? We can't do it on our own. So we have to at times say, I need help. Please help. Please pray for me. Help me through this. I'm human. I'm weak. I need the Lord's grace. Please pray. And so that, that's been a, a very good thing. I know that that's not the case for everyone at every church. And so I'm grateful the Lord has placed me here uh, for that reason. And I'm grateful for my friends who reach out to me and ask for prayer. And who I can go to at any time and ask for prayer. Um, that is a refreshing thing that I do not take for granted. Um, I know that in those moments where I am troubled, I am weak, I'm despairing, uh, that I don't have to do it alone, that I have people I can go to. And so support is a huge one for youth ministry. Uh, I, I, I think that, again, an, an isolated person in youth ministry without support can tend to burn out. Uh, I'm not saying that's the universal case, for all people at all times, but, uh, yeah, they, they can tend to burn out. And so I, I would encourage them to lean toward the Lord, uh, and just trust him with all these things. Uh, but, but I do understand that the human frailty is a real thing as well. Um, not that the Lord isn't able to overcome that. He absolutely can and does, but, if you can have support that will help your ministry be successful. Um, yeah. I just ended this section by saying with support, I can fulfill Galatians six, two and allow my brothers and sisters to bear my burdens. That's huge for me. Just being able to uh, go to brothers and sisters in the Lord and say, I need help. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to do this on my own. I'm not going to make it on my own. Please help. And they do. Because they've seen Jesus do the same thing for them. They want to do the same thing for me as well. Number two uh, on this list of five keys for youth ministry is discipleship. I think that you need to be trained by someone before taking on that role of youth pastor um, or, or running some kind of youth ministry if you're a youth director or youth leader. I think that being discipled and trained by someone before you is critical to doing this well. Uh, that's made a difference in my life. Um, and to have people around me who both have experience in youth ministry is, is really helpful as well. Uh, it helps me see pitfalls and, uh, areas where I need to correct or improve. Um, yeah, this week I, I, I knew that I had 10 days of sort of a lull and I, immediately wanted to go into prayer for that and, and just figure out where exactly the Lord would be leading during these 10 days. Um, 
because I, I don't always have time to do big picture stuff. And so I thought maybe I could do some big picture stuff and the Lord would lead there. And there's just all these ideas that I have of re-envisioning uh, some youth stuff. And I'm very excited about several of them. Uh, just being more intentional there. And I was able to run those ideas by some people who have done this before and just say, is this, do you think this could work? Have you done something like this? What is your idea? What is your goal for, for something like this to be able to work in the church? Uh, and so I've appreciated that. Um, but I think beyond being discipled, the youth minister, the youth leader, director, pastor, uh, needs to disciple as well. And uh, that's something that I try to practice regularly. I have four, five, depending on the week, students that I meet with, uh, people that I meet with. We go through books. We talk life. Uh, we just desire to sharpen each other. And uh, it, it's just a great opportunity for more in-depth, uh, intentional, pointed growth. I can give general applications in sermons, but I can give more specific ones if I'm there discipling a person. Um, God meets people through that. Uh, commitment to consistent biblical teaching, that's number three on this list. You, you need to teach the Bible. That's what has authority. My words, my general earthly wisdom does not have much authority. In fact, I have a lot of opinions that a lot of people don't agree with. And I don't want to place weight in that. What I do want to place weight in is scripture. Yesterday we went through the book of Haggai and I had two application points at the end of it. Maybe the Lord was saying something else to people than my two application points. And because I read verse by verse, people were able to see that book played out. And maybe that helped them receive what the Holy Spirit was saying to them more directly. Um, this was a, a good piece of input by Andrew Gilmore as well. He, he says you need to set up a place and time for consistent commitment to Bible teaching. Uh, it sets the foundation for the youth as they go into further areas of their life that they can look back on and say, I, I knew this in scripture. I've studied this. I've heard this before. It implants in them this desire to be rooted in there and to see who their God is and who they serve. My my goal and, and hope for that is is that they would see in God's word that need for uh, just consistent study throughout their lives, uh, and and that I hope to I hope to um, display that to them as I study God's word with them every week uh, on Thursdays and on Sundays. Uh, Ideally, this gives them a foundation for when supposedly, say, a pandemic hits, they can say, I know who God is, despite circumstances, despite the world saying this, I know who my God is and I know who I serve. Next thing is consistent communication and follow up. I, I think with so much with people in general, not just youth, uh, communication is important. Uh, youth see communication as uh, some kind of a, a currency in, in large part, relationship as a currency um, likes, comments, texts, snaps, TikToks, and Instagram, uh, they're, they're communicating all the time. But I don't have a TikTok, and I'm not going to get a TikTok. I'm not going to get a Snapchat. Uh, I, I think that this, this can be done simply over text or FaceTime or a phone call even 
just to terrify them that you might pick up the phone and call them. Um, yeah, I do think it's funny just specifically at my high schoolers when, uh, whenever they're on a FaceTime, for some reason they just show their foreheads and then like the ceiling. And that's not just one or two of them. I think that they basically all do that, which is really funny. Um, but keep it up guys. Keep showing your foreheads and the ceiling. That's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we started this new thing and it's, it's kind of funny in the group, but also intentional. Uh, that when somebody's missing from a Sunday morning, we shoot them a text and say, we miss you. And they all love the watermelon emoji. So we use that. Uh, that's even that is a silly thing to do, but it's just a, a good way of connecting, uh, of reminding them that they're missed. We noticed they weren't here. So communication is key. Um, and, and beyond that, being willing to call them out, uh, for stupid stuff or address sin, also goes a very long way toward producing authentic Christians. Um, so not just communicating to be like, hey, how was your week? How are you doing? How was your day? Uh, those things are good, but also being willing to say, hey, I'm going to be serious with you about sin. And the reason that I'm going to do that is because God is going to be way more severe than I am. I have to give an account for how I deal with your sin. And so I'm not going to let that slide. I'm going to look at you in the face and say, this is not good and this needs to be over. We can beat this together. You need to repent and you need to turn from this. I know I've had situations where maybe that's been misinterpreted or misunderstood, but my heart behind it has always been, I want this to be dealt with here on earth. Uh, it's, it's weird to me to hear people sometimes say, I think that he was too harsh with that or that that sin shouldn't have been dealt with that way. When I understand scripture, sin equals eternal damnation. And if we don't put it to death, it's going to kill us. We will spend eternity paying for it. So I'm going to be hard with sin. I'm going to be loving. And the way that I'm going to be loving is to tell you, if you don't turn from this, it will cost you your life. Don't want that ever to be misinterpreted as me being simply upset at somebody or trying to exact vengeance, but, but loving from a sincere heart that the Lord has placed me in this position to say, turn from your sin. It will destroy you. Please turn from it. So calling them out for stupid stuff, addressing sin, uh, and again, addressing sin once you have that relationship is critical as well. Finally, rest. However this looks, youth ministry can be all-consuming. And I think that if we fail to rest, we fail to respect the Lord when he asks that of us. Uh, we fail to praise him properly. We fail to look back over youth ministry, and we can tend to just go through the motions. Uh, one of the ways that I try to rest is, is every day I try to go on a prayer walk. Uh, toward the end of the day, everything's over I, I use that time to reflect back on what the lord has done and what the lord is doing a little silence and solitude goes a long way especially in a very busy life of a youth pastor when i fail to rest i can so easily become consumed and burdened by everything that even those around me can get no, can notice these things uh, and and those who hold me accountable will shoot me texts and say is everything okay and oftentimes it's because of a failure to rest um, bonus 
bonus round on, on these five points, uh, the senior pastor added that integration with the rest of the church uh, is, is key to a good youth ministry. Um, I, I think that sometimes this can go two ways. The, the older people in the church can look at the youth and say, oh, wow, they're the future of the church. Um, when they're honestly the present of the church, if they're believers. And also the youth can look at the older people of the church and say, wow, that's a big church. One day, maybe I'll be able to fellowship with them and spend time with them. Um, I had a wonderful time having dinner with an elder and his wife a few weeks ago, and they are significantly older than me. Um, I asked a couple neighbors of mine to have dinner soon, and they are also significantly older than me. That's just a normal thing in the church. We have fellowship with one another. Viewing old women as moms and and respecting older men as fathers and, and having brothers and sisters. Uh, but this integration with the rest of the church um, is critical to launching them into that future. Uh, I mean, really their whole life is going to be in the church. So those are my five needs. That's with a bonus need uh, for a, a good, successful youth ministry. Next week, we will continue that uh, series on youth ministry, going through those similar questions, but from different perspectives. And I'm looking forward to that. If you have any questions, again, please do email me. My email is in the description of this episode. Uh, I would love to hear from you with uh, serious questions and, and even be able to include those. I, I have Heather, um, Justin, and Lorraine that still need to come on uh, from my high school staff and discuss this. I have a, a couple friends that I'd like to have on, and I'd like to have Andrew and Ron back on again to discuss this topic. So if you have any questions for any of them specifically or for me um would love to hear from you and would love to include those in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully this shorter episode was a little bit refreshing. Um, yeah, thanks for spending these 22 minutes with me. And I hope to see most of you soon. And uh, if you are listening to this and don't know me, would love to meet you sometime. God bless. I will see you guys next week. <laughs>